0: Monthly Monday movie muckabout because the podcasting world needs another movie review show. I am Rick, also known as Not Jeff from Jeff and Rick Presents, and I love movies, but you guys know that. You also know about my extensive collection of movies. It's almost legendary, at least in my own mind. There's another legendary collection that exists out there, and that's in the mythical attic of the Longbox Crusade, where I wander the aisles, looking at all the stuff that Jared and Delvin and Jason and Jared have picked up over the years. And every now and again, I find somebody else walking around up here and challenge them to watch a movie as well. And today, I found another person. He is the lesser half of Married With Comics, also known as John. How you doing, John?
1: Ooh, I'm doing as well as can be expected. I'm (laughs) wandering away from... The latest Transformers Chronicles re-recorded, trying to find my way out of here and hoping I don't fall into the basement like, you know, Clinton is. Just stay away from
0: the Mystery Science Theater 3000 section of movies over there. There's a secret trap door that Jared set up. Ah, oh, that makes sense. Long story. We won't talk about it. Right. I'm glad that you mentioned it because I do like your uh, shows on this network, the Transformer Chronicles that you and Delvin and Pat do. And your wife does, too. I should say that Maggie is on there about as often as Pat nowadays. Seems like... <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy listening to those shows. I think that uh, you and your wife have got a nice little product that you do with your own shows. But uh, and and I know that we've had our own paths that we've crossed from time to time, and most of the time we're not fighting, which is also pretty nice too. Also true. Unlike
1: this time. Oh, are... this
0: time we're not going to fight. This oh. time we're not going to fight. I promise you, we're, there's going to be no fighting whatsoever this time. Mm, okay. Okay, but there might be some fighting in the movie that I'm going to give you. I'm right. going to go ahead and give you that spoiler right now. Are you ready to find out about the movie that I want you to watch? I
1: am absolutely pumped to find out the movie you want me to watch.
0: All right. You don't need to set your time machine to go too far in the past, because we're only going back to 2017, where you're going to watch Logan, uh-huh. directed by James Magnol, and starring <laughs> Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, Richard Grant, Boyd Holbrook, Stephen Merchant, and Daphne Keene. I have a feeling uh,
1: you might pick this one. <laughs>
0: that a lot (laughs) um you know i was surprised to see this on your list there was a lot of good movies you had on your list i had a lot of great choices and i was picking things out and then i come to the last movie entry and it was logan how have you a comic book nerd
1: not watched logan yet i have absolutely no idea that is one of those that i mean it Went through, it was in the theaters and it was one of those. I mean, I, that was a movie that I was ready to go to. I think there was a, a day that I'd planned to go that we just didn't go. And it was just one of those that we kept not getting to. And then never got around to, you know, renting it off of. And, and it just kind of slipped away. I have heard nothing but incredible things about this movie. It's a movie I want to watch. I love superhero movies. When it comes to X-Men stuff, I'm only, I am not as huge of an X-Men fan as your average comic person, but I do love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, even, but that's the other thing. I, I've seen X-Men Origins Wolverine, but See, not this one. you've seen that,
0: but not this one. Yeah, right.
1: So, I am glad I get the... The opportunity to finally not have to say that anymore, basically. So. <laughs> well, what do you know about the film? I know it is kind of Wolverine's last hurrah. It's, uh, Wolverine and Professor X are very old. I know the X 13 character, at least a version of her, is in this movie. And That's about it.
0: Well, that's good. That sounds a lot like what has been presented in the trailer. So I don't think that much has been spoiled for you too much in there. I I think it's going to be very interesting getting your perspective on this film. It's one of my favorite of the X title movies that have come out. I I think it's going to be kind of fun to uh, sit down and rewatch it again and kind of prepare to talk to you about it. But, I, I mean, we can't talk about it now because you haven't seen it yet. That would be silly. So we are going to stop right here. Put on a trailer while you go off, watch this movie, possibly with your lovely bride, and then we'll come back and talk about it. Sound good to you? Sounds good to me. All right. We'll see you on the other side of this trailer then.
1: Logan, what did you do? Charles, the world is not the same as it was. Mutants. They're gone now.
2: I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real Where is she? Beneath the stain She's like you. Of time Very much like you. The feelings disappear she needs our help you are someone to come along someone has
1: come along
2: i am still right here and you could have it all
0: trailer you heard was from Logan from 2017. But now, for those of you that haven't seen the film or have forgotten it, let me give you a quick synopsis. Mutants have stopped being born, but Logan still remains. Logan's healing factor is slowly fading, and an elderly Professor Xavier suffers from dementia. A mental illness and seizures occurring to the world's most powerful telepath is a bad thing. In fact, recently one of his seizures killed many of the few remaining X-Men, and now Logan has to care for him. Then along comes a young mutant created using Logan's DNA. Now he needs to take her north to a refuge called Eden, while being chased by Donald Pierce and the Reavers. Based in part on the Old Man Logan comic book, this film brings us a bleak world where mutants are a dying breed, and it serves as the final performance for Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman as Professor X and Logan. So, John, what did you think of Logan?
2: It hey, was all right.
0: liar liar you you were kind of like sending me all messages (laughs) this
2: this movie was really really good i mean it was about as good as a comic book movie could be
0: what i mean that that kind of was your first big impression of it but you know how your expectations going into the movie. I mean, you'd heard that it was good, but did you really believe it?
2: I did. I did. I had, there are a lot of people who I share a lot of opinions on movies. A lot of really smart people had said it was one of the best movies that they'd ever seen, you know, not necessarily even Mm -hmm. comic book movies. It's like a very well put together movie. I knew I was going to be in for a very good cinematic experience. It's the difference between knowing I'm about to see a great movie and then seeing a great movie. There is quite a gap, though, because (laughs) from right out of the gate, I knew, okay, oh, this is the kind of movie I'm in for. I'm going to have this feeling in the pit of my stomach for the entirety of the movie, except for brief periods when you try to make me feel secure until Shane screws up and gets a family killed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, speaking of that, I'm going to just kind of bring that in right now because I saw this. The movie did draw big, substantial thematic influence from Shane, and Mm -hmm. it really did a lot to kind of include that in there, including having the big scene where Laura and Professor X are watching Shane, yeah, and then Laura's final farewell words at the very end that same words that shane recited to joey verbatim Mm -hmm. so i mean
2: they were not subtle about their love for shane or the use in the movie no not at all but well that was the great part about this this movie was a western it was something Mm -hmm. that's amazing about comic book movies and the better ones is like is that it can be any sort of movie. People always, whatever, people that want comic book movies to do badly for some reason will always talk about how it'll be oversaturated, it's declining. It's like, well, look, Deadpool is not the same kind of movie as Captain America Winter Soldier. is not the Mm -hmm. same kind of movie as Logan is not the same. These are all different genre movies with these uh, comic book characters uh, fitting seamlessly in here. And this is a Western and there's a, a lot of Shane in here, which they make no secret of because they want it on your mind are you familiar with shane yes yes the difference is they lull you into this false sense of shane and it's the only bit of the movie where you're actually allowed to relax Mm -hmm. where they help the family out and they're sitting there and and logan wants to go and professor x is like no we're staying (laughs) and (laughs) okay and at that point maggie who loved this movie too by the way was watching Mm -hmm. it's like okay chuck i guess you're just gonna get them all killed (laughs) now (laughs) Well, because it lulls you into the sense of security before all of the whole that whole family. There is a family of innocents that gets completely killed for no fault of their own, just for the crime of harboring these people.
0: Yeah, you're saying that this is a western, Mm -hmm. and for me, I agree. But my view watching this film this time around was this is a horror movie. Right, this is an outright horror movie. There are so many scenes that are just terrifying you got the scene where laura comes out of the old abandoned water building and she's carrying the head of one of the guys who was attacking her and she rolls it on the ground towards them and it, it's like
2: water, and, what's happening here and i love how the nervous chuckle that you have just and, and then <laughs> and then how she goes completely berserk on all of these yeah. people and it's like Man, every emotion part of you is like, you know, I'm like stepping outside of myself and go, wow, this is a very well choreographed scene. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's brutal. Every every single shot is felt and earned. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like Logan's earlier fight in the beginning, which does so well, it reminded me of incredible Hulk TV show moment where some people yeah. are picking on David banner and he's doing his best. The difference- yeah, you won't like me when I'm angry. Right. And then you get to see what he's capable of. And it's not, Sanitized. It's not comic book. This is a guy with a bunch of knives that come out of his hands. But he's broken. Yeah. But he's broken. He is broken. He is. He he has these surges. He's not only broken physically. He's broken emotionally to the point that if you push his buttons to a point, he's going to snap and kill you. Mm -hmm. There's nothing good going on for this guy at all.
0: (laughs) And yet, at the same time, it's they've managed to seamlessly tie in the first X-Men movie and this movie very well. You start off the first X-Men movie and you have him being a loner Mm -hmm. that is kind of forced to stop being a loner and to be part of a family. And at the end, he's being forced to be in a family when all he wants to do is to be alone.
2: Right. There were nice little nods, I thought, to a couple of them along the way. Like when he has a seizure and and gives... And like like everybody around, where they classify Professor X's brain as a weapon of mass destruction, and the, yes, <laughs> and the scene where and the scene where you see why that is when he has the seizure, it reminds me of the scene where he supposedly freezes the world while he's talking yeah. to the president. Yeah, now, you're realizing the amount of control that would take in order to stop just regular accidents from happening. Mm-hmm. We're we're to, we're to assume that can happen. You know, that was meant to be. This is a powerful thing. In this, it's like no, this is a much more real world. Worldly movie. He just killed a whole bunch of people.
0: Yeah. This movie has a lot, a lot in it. I guess we should start off with what are some of the, just the biggest, highest moments for you in this film?
2: Where to start with it? <laughs> just reach out and <laughs> grab it. I mean, the Western motifs were really there and it wasn't just that it was like pulling it at tropes or like hitting the, the high and low notes of Shane. It was the whole idea of a loner or a group of people that was being threatened by a force and could not count on help from anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And there, if the government was not itself an antagonist, it was too far away to stop this they were stuck relying on their own grit and bootstraps and luck and skill and experience and all of that and there is something incredibly compelling about that sort of story and to have it be Wolverine to go out on that sort of thing is is really amazing because I was reminded of something Andrew Leland said about the difference between how we watch stories here in America versus in Europe or England in particular Mm -hmm. BBC shows tend to be very small, a very small amount of seasons and tell one story and they're done. Yeah. America likes, we love the second act. We want everything to go continually and very rarely do we get to see things end. And when we do, because we're used to it always going on, we're kind of unsatisfied. This was an incredibly satisfying ending both to Logan's character to Professor X's character to Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart being able to just bring this this last level of gravitas because for me, it was the most x meny of the X-Men movies. It was okay. in, in, a, in a way. This was the only one where I really bought the metaphor of them okay. being completely outside this and hated everywhere they go and have everybody, um, no matter what they do, even when they try to do things right, they're going to get people hurt and killed. I can buy that. Uh, I can
0: definitely see that. There's a couple of really big things, and I think you hit on one before with, you know, here's Professor Xavier. He's suffering from all these these ailments. And what would be normal and debilitating and very sad in a regular person, they become deadly deadly. In, in a mutant and it's it's the lives that these these people are they are that much more dangerous even with everyday things
2: occurring and i think where to they at least state outright or strongly infer that professor x in one of these episodes killed most of the x-men
0: yeah, that's that's a bit that's, that's kind of hidden that's yeah. that's in there that they just kind of shadow with but it's it's not Logan. You kind of think that at the beginning right. that it was Logan that did it, but they changed it a bit, especially from the old man Logan story. Mm-hmm. It's not Logan that, you know, was tricked into doing this. It was Professor Xavier that had a seizure and wiped them out. And that and Logan was the only one to be able to survive.
2: Right. And I, and so that just was once that scene happens, it just throws an entire spin on their entire relationship. Because you, we can manufacture whatever sort of scene we want to. We know that Logan was there. Gene mm-hmm. probably died. Probably yep. in Logan's arms. You know, all of these. And now he's has to take care of Charles, who did this because of his sense of responsibility. Yep. And, and what he owes him.
0: And then we have the next scene. And then. Yeah. And then Logan, you know, he, he's already got one thing he's trying to deal with. And then he gets another problem dropped right in his lap. <laughs> and that problem is a little girl
2: right that even broadens the metaphor once you get to a certain point in your life you know if you're following the family model your problems no matter how much of a loner you want to be are no are no longer just your own.
0: No, your problems now are all the mouths that you have to feed and right. all of the people that you have to try to control. It, oh. This is a movie about hurting cats. If we want to go back into your <laughs> If we want to go back into your western metaphor. Yeah. I mean, these aren't cattle, these are cats. These are straight up cats that he's having to wrangle in. And it's just two of them, but they're going off in different directions and they
2: both are dangerous. Yes. What did you think of Laura? I loved Laura. From the moment from the moment she shows up, that she's the actors the, the actress that played her. Daphne Keene. She is amazing. She emotes so well and does this whole little bit of just repressed savagery and that scream, that primal scream that she does before she does this. This as a parent of a couple of daughters, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm just saying the buttons that got pushed throughout the movie with her both in like my sense to be wanting to protect her, to be worried about her, to being afraid of her. All of those things were done so well in this character.
0: Yeah, it was quite amazing. And and at the time she was, well, this came out when she was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. So filming, she probably was around 10 or 11 when it came out. And I mean, whew, wow, that is a pretty strong and pretty vicious role for some for a child that young. Mm-hmm. And she does it so well. You're seeing how she emotes well. She spends the majority of this Without speaking. Mm-hmm. And then when she does speak, her first words are all in Spanish. Right. So, I mean, it isn't until about three-fourths in the film where you, she actually verbalizes something beyond that guttural scream. And not only... Do, then we find out eventually, it's not only in Spanish. She speaks Spanish and English. Right. So, it's... She's an amazing character. I I know that when I first saw this film, I was just getting back into comics after being gone for a while. So I think I had heard about her, but I'd never actually read any of her stuff. So I saw the film many times, and it's only recently that I've really caught up with all of her back history. I've got my own copies of X-23 and her as a new Wolverine and Gabby. It's a whole other thing once you start reading her backstory and then you watch the movie again. You're like, oh, this is perfect. They nailed her. They got her absolutely right.
2: Mm -hmm. It's a character. The the trope of it should not work. It should be a, a jump the shark moment. It's like it's the your reversed sexed female clone of yourself is now. Mm-hmm. But no, she's been allowed to become an amazing character on her own right. And this movie was a great depiction of her. I wish they would do more movies with her in, you know, future Alpha Flight or whatever up in Canada.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think that they, I'm fine with Wolverine being dead. I'm fine with Hugh Jackman's Wolverine being the stamp. We're going to lay him down for a while. Yep. Let's bring Laura in. Let's, let's bring this character in. I think we do reboot of X-Men. We have Laura. We need her as Wolverine.
2: I think that would be great. I would like to see her play the character a little older, too. You know, yeah. Because she's on his Dark Materials, so she's you know had some experience you know acting since.
0: Yeah, and- I do. I do think that for this movie, it was fine having her that young because mm-hmm. it really helped the lone wolf cub aspect right. most of it too. Where you know she's especially coming in when he first sees her, it's like oh she's this little tiny thing. I don't have time to watch her, and then she comes out and she's just absolutely vicious. If she was any older, then it would really be about. You know, a teenager oh, yeah. butting hands with butting heads with Wolverine. Absolutely. And it, and it just it doesn't work as well. But her being a young kid she wants to have. You can see she wants to have an adult to tell her what to do, but she still is going to fight against it a little bit.
2: Well, I love. I love her at the. She's the perfect age, and she's this little ball of rage that's you know more akin to a Wolverine than actually Hugh Jackman's. Like she's this tidy little like. Oh, and then once she starts killing, she does not stop killing. <laughs>
0: Oh my god! I, I I loved the scene in the market where they're getting gas, and she goes in the store, and she just gets the Pringles bottles, no. or she starts she starts seeing the Pringles, and she gets the sunglasses on, and the guy comes up behind the counter, and is like, you can't just take that. <laughs> throws, oh. through, throws him on the ground he's got the claws out and wolverine has to come and say no no killing and it's just like he doesn't apologize to the poor guy on The i was just no killing
2: well sorry <laughs> I'm this poor feral being that was raised in order to be a killing machine it has whatever sort of social conditioning <laughs> thank <laughs> god language is easily picked up
0: <laughs> we talked about her and i know that we talked a bit about Logan and Professor X. But let's let's talk a little bit about the the, the swan swan of him. We'll start with uh, Professor X. You kind of mentioned it already, but what did you think about him and just Sir Patrick Stewart throwing everything out there for this final role as Professor X?
2: I thought it was wonderful. I thought he managed to put a stamp on and on that character that reminded us exactly what that character is, you know, both in the comics and out because I mean Professor X is a bit of a self-serving jerk as uh, Kitty would say uh-huh. <laughs> it's once he takes it in the idea of doing it for the sake of mutant kind, which he's doing here he is you know going after a new mutant you know somebody who could help you know breathe the future of their species as it were so but by doing so he is willfully putting the entire immediate area, if not the country or the world in danger by not taking his pills right that's an incredibly... Selfish and dangerous thing to do, but he's doing it for the better good, for oh, the greater
0: good. Yes, we've heard it because, oh. be, but his greater good—it's oh, always yeah. askew. Exactly. And, and it's even more when he's—he's he's got dementia too.
2: Oh yeah, and Logan's absolute frustration with that—you know—of uh, how many times this is so. We don't. How do you not realize I'm trying to to protect people? <laughs> and,
0: as much as they fought against each other, the soft moments between. You, Jackman, and Sir Patrick Stewart, they work. Like, when he mm-hmm. picks him up and carries him up the stairs. That was wonderful. And you see these soft moments where he does care. He still cares for his teacher. He's never given Chuck that respect, but you see him kind of giving him that te- that respect of, the teacher, the mentor people, the person who did help him initially.
2: Right. And that's that's like in any situation or similar to a lot of situations. I don't know if you've had to ever deal with an old relative with dementia, but I worked in a hospital for a while and was um, came in contact with a lot of people. And that's basically what you get. You have to it's you have to watch your loved one die over and over and over again and and then you have to deal with what what comes next and so you're you have this person who you've loved and have all of these great memories are going to do these completely irrational terrible sometimes hateful hurtful things that they do not mean Mm -hmm. and you have to it's and you have to stick with them because they are the person you know out of respect of the person they were and that is definitely gets came through very very realistic in this. Both his frustration in in having to do it, but his knowledge that he must.
1: Logan's. I thought it was well done.
0: Let's talk a little bit about Hugh Jackman now. Let's talk about him in the main role of Logan. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's an interesting job he's got to do here because he's got to be this character he's moved through with with many films, this epitome of cool and violence, and he's got to come in as completely broken. How do we think he did on this?
2: About as well as you could possibly do do with that like much better than they did with batman the dark knight rises for example which (laughs) if you look at it i I don't like what mean to put prop up one movie by ripping another one but just as a comparison that was what they were going for in that movie was they broken down bruce wayne and then they then broke him further they just forgot to really show that anyway hugh jackman has you know, he epitomizes Wolverine for a lot of people as much for me, you know, as much as as whoever does the voice for Wolverine in every cartoon does.
0: He had a couple things right off the bat. We see him get out of the car. We see that he's not walking right. Like no. his body hasn't quite healed some of the old brakes for some reason. And then he pops out his claws and one of the claws does doesn't yeah. go all the way out. Right. From Moment one, you know, he wakes up in a drunken stupor in a a limo. We know that this is not the Wolverine we have seen in every single
2: other film. Exactly. Then that was why it was it's it's so perfect because it's him. You, You know, it's Wolverine. You're looking at him. You're seeing it's Hugh Jackman, but he's acting so not like this. It's only something that somebody like Hugh Jackman would have been able to pull off or Chris Evans if he was doing the same thing for Cap or something like that. And it was very good. And he sells it so well. And especially as immortal and invulnerable as Wolverine always is and has gotten forever, there's it really does its part to set you in the mood that you are going to remain in for the rest of this movie, mm-hmm. Conf, you know, confused and a little anxious so that... <laughs> You you want him to protect everybody. You realize he can barely protect himself. Right, exactly. I mean, he has to literally poison himself to get a, like, 10-second...
0: Oh, let's go ahead and talk about that. Let's talk about the final scene. (laughs) Yeah. Because, like you said, he does his mission. He brings Laura to Eden. Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, the last couple steps, it's actually Laura driving and he's he's (laughs) dead weight in there and he is he is brought back to health by these kids and he's brought back to probably were just below where he was at the beginning of the film. So after everything that's happened, he's brought back to still below normal, but he's given this miracle drug. It's like, here's the drug that they use on us. A little bit for you is going to help you heal. Do not use all of it. So now we got the super juice. Right now we got now he's got his magic mushroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gives himself the magic mushroom because he sees the reavers attacking Laura and her friends,
2: and it's on like Donkey Kong. Oh, I'm I'm running the through the. the I'm just seeing the scene again in my head. <laughs> all of those vehicles coming, and him just tearing off into it, and it worked. And then that guy's dead, that guy's dead, that guy's dead, that guy's dead. And then it starts to wear off. Yeah, it,
0: uh, what did I say? I, I called it the all fight juice. He's yep. got the all fight juice, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is absolutely insane. He's going, 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 and he's the old Wolverine we've seen, and he's tearing through everything. Yep. And his combos that he's doing with Laura, you know, stand behind me. He starts attacking, she jumps over him, and they are just tearing through fools
2: right and left. It's the only part where you can truly, as an audience, just enjoy the fight for the fight. You know, you're not freaking out by the circumstances of the fight. This is a fight, you know, that needs to happen and people got to die and they've earned this death that they're getting. So right. go to it. You we've, guys. Been,
0: we've been waiting for this. We've been waiting for this. Yeah. We owe you. You owe us this and they deliver yes, it. They
2: did. It was earned and it was amazing. And it, and it made the bit when it wears off just that much more of a punch because you're like, uh oh. That was all he got. <laughs>
0: and and then, we, of course, we have Chekhov's gun, because what movie is not complete without Chekhov's gun? You introduce an adamantium bullet in the first act. Mm-hmm. That adamantium bullet better be used in the end.
2: Yes. Somebody <laughs> better fire that, and she did. <laughs> we got two funeral scenes in this film.
0: Mm-hmm. How did those grab
2: you? Professor X's... I don't think I was emo- that emotionally affected by it. I think I was caught up in the, in the movie and it was just an expected thing. I mm-hmm. I knew that that was the only way Logan, this movie was going to end was with Logan doing a, a sacrifice, but. I was okay. I did get a big lump in my throat when she moved the, turned the cross into an X. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and Maggie's here going, yeah. and Maggie's going, ah, uh, that shouldn't work, and I don't know if it does. <laughs> and you're over there
0: like, yeah, that's, that, that's a good point, honey. Give me a second. Give me a second. <laughs> I agree with you. Oh, that that's gonna that's gonna silly and contrived.
2: The, the Need a sh- tissue. <laughs> the Shane quote was was great. It was a perfect quote for the situation. It reminded you that you heard it from Professor X, tying it back to the other funeral, putting a nice, wonderful, freaking bow on this amazing movie.
0: And you got the kid there holding his ex, his Wolverine action figure. Yes, <laughs> that's <too. laughs> <laughs> Well, they did a nice job with that. They they it's something that they do in the comic books too. It's that they recognize that. All the superheroes are real in comic Mm. books, but they have comic books written about them. Right. And so they did the same thing in the movie, which I thought was kind of cool. And for people who aren't in the comic book culture, that might have flown by them a little bit. But that is something right out of the comics where they do that. They write comic books about the superhero characters that they know are real in that universe, which is kind of strange. But at the same time, it's also beautiful.
2: That's because Stan and Jack said it happened
0: and we're not going to tell them they were wrong. No, 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 we are not. What about any low points? Is there any point that you did? We know that Maggie thought the ending was contrived, but mm, (laughs) we're going to let her pass on that.
2: But what about you? Was there any parts of the movie that were low for you? The only thing that was in any way low was, I think, the 24 Wolverine clone was Mm -hmm. just kind of there, I guess, out of a need to have something for Wolverine for him to fight physically. I mean, Uh, yeah. You could have substituted him with any of a number of things. Like if they would have brought, say, Sabretooth in. and I would have had more problem with that. I would have had more problem with that. Yeah, it was fine. I I, I wouldn't have. That would have seen tagged on. I agree. So, uh, but it just, it was just kind of, oh, and now there's a, a younger clone Wolverine. Mind you, it was very, very cool to see the effects that way. And the mm. fact, and it does give us hope that it, if they ever want to have Hugh Jackman be Wolverine again and they give him enough uh, dollars after the, you know, that, that maybe he will just no. no no i'm i'm good i'm good with him i'm good I'm with good him with putting him. the character now. i am too unless it was for some sort of marvel you know giant fiasco thing but
0: oh i, I you know if he wants to do a little small cameo and in, in daredevil or or if they do another time travel movie with avengers and he's like no
2: yep that would be no <laughs> <laughs> go blank yourself <laughs> that's
0: it <laughs> I, I agree, though. I, I it, this is a great movie. This is a fun movie. I, th- I think I'm fine with X24. I think he was a good addition. We needed a super mm-hmm. version to come in and do something bad. I, we already have established that they've been cloning. Right. They they've perfected it now. They perfected it. And, of course, they perfected it with Wolverine. I like the little bit that they had there with Caliban of, like, save this one. We can use him and he, we can
2: use his DNA in the oh, future. Oh, that's right. Caliban was in it, too. He was great. Yeah,
0: Caliban's an interesting character. I guess we could talk about him a little bit. He's fine. He's a MacGuffin. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, he's fine. I, I like the character, so it was nice to see him on the yeah. on the screen. But I'm a big fan, too. I started... Uh, collecting
0: my comics originally with X-Factor and around X-Factor 21. So that is right in my sweet spot there with sure. you know, Caliban being being adopted by X-Factor, being found by Apocalypse, and then being slowly turned by a cop- Apocalypse. So I'm a big fan of Caliban as well. But we're just geek boys talking about geek things now. <laughs> we do. That. Let me ask you this then. As we start to wrap up, is there anything else that you want to bring up? Any other highs? Any other lows? Any other scenes that we've missed that you want to talk about?
2: Not that I can think of. It was it was there was not really a low moment in this this movie it was incredible it was well paced it was well shot it was well acted this was a good movie this i mean this is up there with captain america the winter soldier which i regard as the best of the marvel the best made of the marvel movies mm-hmm. just in terms this is right there with there in terms of just being a solid movie
0: i definitely agree and, and i guess that just moves us right into how many full bags of popcorn would you give it you know this network you're a you're a you're a a die hard long box crusader. You know that we don't do halvesies here. So how many full bags
2: of popcorn would you give this movie? I will give this five full bags of popcorn. If we were doing this on the Transformers Chronicles, I would give it 10 full bags, <laughs> bags of popcorn. Oh, what would, what would Wolverine's tech specs be on
0: that, huh? Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, he is a bit of a transformer. He walks around like a human and then all of a sudden he's a sushi knife. Zing. Or- I, I got nothing. That, that, yeah. was, that was out of nowhere. I, I, that was a bad joke, and I'm, 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 I'm going to keep it in. I am going to go with you on the five bags of popcorn. I think that I really do enjoy this movie. I think that this is one of the top X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. There's something in my heart because I'm an old X-Men fan. I love the first X-Men movie. But this is, of all the X-Men movies, this is far and away the best, Easily. bar none. Yep. So this is a five for both of us. I, I guess with that, the only thing I can ask you is... John, if people want to find you on these internets, where can they do that, sir?
2: Uh, I go wherever the wind blows me, but mostly... You can find me probably in most places, most if not all places that you found this podcast by looking for Married with Comics, where my wife Maggie and I talk about comics and other geek sort of stuff. Under that, we also uh, have a show called The Rod Pod in which we cover the IDW Phase 2 Transformers comics in order. You can also catch uh, me and Maggie as well over on this network doing Transformers Chronicles The Marvel Years with Pat and Delvin. Otherwise, you can hit me up directly on Twitter. I am at MWC underscore podcast or Maggie is Maggie and the Rain.
0: Thank you very much. You can find me on Twitter at Jeff Rick Present or on my other podcast, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, which I host with my albino mutant tracker that I call Jeff. <laughs> now, if you would like to be on the show, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me at Jeff and Rick Present, all one word at gmail.com. And thank you to the Longbox Crusade Network for letting me use this beautiful attic. In their headquarters to broadcast my show. And also to their sponsor of Omaha Bound. If you want to be fancy and get your comic books all bound up, get all your Wolverines bound up into a nice hardbound edition, you can do that through Omaha Bound. Also to the Longbox Crusade members who help support this network. If you would like to support this network and be just like them, head on over to Patreon and search for Longbox Crusade. That's all the time we have for today. Grab some popcorn, pull up a seat, and we'll see you for our next episode. The music for this episode is Fall Back by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at Joe 99. That's J O S E F L I N 99.